Hey everyone, it's Heather from the Be Well team, welcoming you to season two of the Be Well podcast. Be Well is designed to help you flourish by providing programs and activities that enhance your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. We hope this podcast encourages moments of personal reflection and inspiration that will move you to live your best life. So welcome, and let's dive into today's episode. We are in season two of the podcast, the Be Well podcast. My name is Meredith Kuchla. I just want to welcome everyone to season two. And I'm really excited to kick off this year with Adelie Faring from our Aduro Be Well coaching team. So Adelie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So today um, we're going to talk a little bit about intentions versus resolutions. But before we dive into that content, Allie, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your time at Adura? Yeah, you bet. Um, like Meredith said, my name is Adelie and I am a senior human performance coach and coach mentor with Aduro. I have been with Aduro almost six years. It'll be six years in February. I had to think about that when I was preparing for this, <laughs> which is just like wild to think about that you've been somewhere for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a blast. I love this job. It's very rewarding. Uh, challenging in its own different way, which is nice and exciting. Um, but I'm super pumped to be on this podcast today. I love talking about goal setting and resolutions and starting the new year off on the right foot. So thanks for having Absolutely. me again. Well, we're glad to have you. And when I think about intentions versus resolutions or just New Year's resolutions in general, you know, we, we get into January and we see all the the signs for the gym membership, uh, discounts in gym memberships. You see nutrition posters or nutrition offerings across Instagram, Facebook, kind of all your social media chains. And a lot of times what we see is, you know, a big hype about this January, February, March, even. And then April rolls around and people start to kind of fall off. Um, they give up on their goals because maybe they made something that was unreachable, or um, they just get bored with their goal. So Adelie, do you want to talk about what an intention versus a resolution is and what you see within your coaching team at Aduro? Yeah, definitely. So I think first to start off, let's just define what both of those are so that everyone's on the same page. So a resolution is essentially just a statement to change something. So you kind of mentioned the gym or things like that. So maybe it's like, I want to lose weight or become healthier. Just a simple statement. An intention, on the other hand, is a lot more focused and like the word suggests, intentional. So it typically involves more self-reflection. It's connected to something that you value. And it's usually something that is really important to you. And when I think about the difference between the two resolutions are often really rigid. So there's not a lot of room for error. And as a result, when we fail at them, we completely fail. So we totally fall off the bandwagon. And I don't know if you can resonate, but I'm sure a lot of other people on here that's listening can resonate, but I failed at literally almost all resolutions that (laughs) I've set for myself. (laughs) Um, So their resolutions are often also like just more focused on what is wrong or tend to be more negative. Mm -hmm. And I use the example 
of weight loss, just because it's a common resolution, you know, that people make. And in regards to resolutions around that, I use the example of I'm fat, so I need to lose weight. It's a very negative statement. You're pointing out something that is quote unquote wrong with you. And then also with resolutions, my immediate thought when I hear that word is pressure. And then typically what follows a failed resolution then is shame and judgment. And no one wants to feel like that. And even that sense of like guilt, like, oh no, I didn't do something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we carry that with us and it's so challenging to then even set a new goal or restart or anything like that. So I'm much more a fan of intentions. Intentions are flexible. There's going to be setbacks. That's okay. We're human. And because intentions are flexible, we tend to have more compassion for ourselves and view our failure or setback as a learning opportunity versus something that throws us completely off the wagon. Unlike resolutions, they also tend to be more positive focused because they include this added layer of self-reflection and intrinsic thinking. So back to the weight loss example earlier, right? The resolution was, I'm so fat, I need to lose weight. A more intentional way of looking at that is I want to lose weight so that I can be around to play with my grandchildren. And when I think of an intention, I think of something that's a lot more sustainable and a lot more compassionate. Pressure doesn't come to mind when I'm thinking about setting an intention. And if you're someone that sets resolutions, you're not alone. We see so many members coming in with resolutions versus like actual goals or intentions. And this is super common because we really aren't taught how to set goals, which is such a failure in our society. I didn't even like learn how to set a proper goal really until I started in the coaching field. So I think that's just a huge bummer is that people set resolutions because they don't actually know how to set real goals. Absolutely. And I I love how you're changing the mindset too. I think that positive language is super important. I especially think over the last three years, healthcare in in general, the world, we've had a lot of that negative thinking. And Mm. when you talk about intentions, like life is meant to happen. And so when you just set a resolution and then life happens, you often maybe steer away from that resolution and for a good reason, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so when you have more of that flexible intention or that intention that's designed to allow you to enjoy life or enjoy those moments, I always used to talk about you know, food and how food can affect their fitness goals. And I would say, you know, it is okay to have a piece of cake. Like that's yeah. not going to steer you away from your ultimate goal, totally your ultimate intention. So I, I really enjoy hearing people talk about that positive language because in a world where things can get so negative, we, we really need to bolster that positive talk. And I think that also helps us with our resiliency skills as well. You bet. Absolutely. So you kind of touched on this uh, a little bit, but how do you properly set intentions in your personal or professional life? Yeah, there's a couple of different things that really help set a strong intention. So the first thing is assessing why the intention is important to you. So back to the weight loss example, 
why is losing weight important to you? So earlier the statement was, I want to lose weight so that I can be around to play with my grandkids. That's a huge reason to lose weight. That's a really, really powerful why. So we're assessing why something is important to us. And this added layer of self-reflection helps just ground us in our our decision to set this goal, but also provides some added confidence and motivation because we know that it's something that's intrinsically important to us versus just something random that we're seeing in social media or something that we think we should do. Uh, So it, it just gives a lot more intention behind what we're doing. Also side note, I know this question was about like personal or professional life. And I think separating those two is really, really challenging. We know like we're human and a lot of times our personal and professional lives kind of run together. So I think what, what I'm going to do is just talk about those very generally together, encompassing both personal and professional life together, because that's just how it is in the real world. Absolutely. Um, That blends more and more, um, coming to light. And I think, you know, it, it hits the nail on the head, especially from an organization of what we really value is we want you to talk about your well-being at work. We want you to have those conversations. So blending the two together is, is something that we look for. Love it. You love it. Yep. So after you've sort of established your why behind your intention, another question that we like to ask our coaching members is around like what value it will add to their life. So if they were able to lose weight, what value will that add? What will change in their life? Ultimately, what we're just trying to do is to assess the impact on their life if they were to achieve this goal. And if the value is really high, they will be more likely to follow through. And we know that resolutions don't assess either one of these. So there often isn't even any leverage to follow through on them where there's now leverage to follow through on this intention. And then the other thing I wanted to add just around setting really strong intentions is to be mindful in making sure that it's aligned with something that you value. So I've used that word a lot and we all have a set of core values, which are essentially just things that guide our decisions, our actions, our behaviors. They're our life compass. They help give us direction and clarity and really help us live life with purpose and with intention. Mm-hmm. And so if we set goals that aren't aligned with what we value, we probably, again, aren't going to follow through on them. And it's very similar to assessing whether or not the goal has a powerful why driver behind it. And I'm using a lot of examples because I learn by examples and hearing from people mm-hmm. give examples, but it's like, for example, let's say you value family and you want to lose weight. You can align your value with your goal by creating your why around your family, like we did earlier. Or, you know, let's just say a value that you have is being healthy. Well, then it makes sense to create a goal around healthy living or weight loss. I think what's great about aligning to a value is depending on what stage you are in your life, your values may shift a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. your intention might shift a little bit. I think about myself before I had kids. And now that I've had a kid, my values have changed a little bit in what my intention around healthy is being, you know, before I was a little bit more of the appearance behind health. And now it's more Mm -hmm. about how can I make sure that I'm healthy so I can care for my child, be there for my husband, 
things of that nature. So assigning them or uh, aligning them with your values is really helpful to provide that meaning. And then, you know, you're more likely to create an intention that's going to stick, but again, still be flexible with what you're doing and what's going on in your life. So I know we talked a little bit about that negative self-talk. So what is a way someone can avoid negative self-talk when they're experiencing, let's say, a setback on their intention, or maybe something, one of those major things comes up in life and that intention maybe takes a little bit of a back burner? Well, first things first, let's just go ahead and normalize the negative (laughs) self-talk. We all have it. We are human. Everyone deals with this, even if it's something that they don't talk about, they are dealing with it within themselves. And it's not necessarily something that we can avoid, like it's going to happen regardless, but it is something that we can challenge or reframe in order for us to be able to overcome a setback or a barrier or something that, that comes up that gets in our way. And as I was thinking about this, I thought it would be cool just to talk through some common thinking errors that lead to negative self-talk or limiting beliefs. And I'm going to share four of them. They're probably the most common ones that we hear in coaching, but they're also ones that like I personally struggle with and you'll probably resonate with a lot of them, you know, as you hear them too. But the first one that I want to talk about is shoulding. I don't know how many times (laughs) I have said I should do this. (laughs) And essentially shooting is just maintaining strict rules around how you and others should act and really criticizing yourself and others when those high expectations aren't met. And so one way you can challenge or reframe that type of thinking is to ask yourself, how can I be kinder and more understanding to myself in this situation? There's also all or nothing thinking, which is essentially assuming that a situation, an action, or even a solution has to be completely one way or the other with nothing in between. And going back to resolutions, resolutions are often all or nothing or very black and white. If I I want to do this and if I don't do this, then I'm falling off the wagon. All or nothing thinking is so, so common. And one way to challenge that type of thinking is to ask yourself, what is the gray area? So it's really challenging yourself to pull back from that narrow black and white focus and look at the bigger Mm -hmm. picture, knowing that it's not a realistic way to look at it. Where is the gray area? Where are the alternatives here? Catastrophizing is expecting the worst case scenario in all situations or seeing things as more far-fetching or serious than they truly are. This is another one that we hear a lot. And I just encourage people to think about what's a more encouraging or realistic way of looking at this. So a lot of times like irrational thoughts and fears will contribute to us catastrophizing. And so if we can take a step back and just think about, okay. I'm acknowledging that I'm having an irrational thought. Yeah. What what is real here? What is fact? What is not? And that is is a great way to challenge those types of thoughts. I know I have been very guilty of that, especially after having my first child. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit of part of my postpartum anxiety. Um, but I always thought of the worst of what could happen and the worst mm-hmm. thing is going to happen and getting kind of realigned to thinking like, okay. This is pretty far-fetched, Meredith. (laughs) Like, let's come back. Let's be a little bit more realistic with our thinking. So that one, I think a lot of people 
really, really have that, um, think of the worst first before, you know, yep. coming to a better, better thought. You bet. And I think too, just with everything that's happened right over the last couple of years with COVID mm-hmm. and just the state of the world. And there's, there's a lot of terrible things happening in the world right now. And we just came through a crazy, unexpected, you know, huge, serious health, um, concern, like a huge pandemic. And so I think it's, it's coming up more because of all of that. And I think it's, it's great that we can be able to help support people through those thoughts because having those thoughts again, can create so much anxiety. Like you experienced, it can create other mental, you know, health problems. And so I love that, that, you know, we get to help people work through that. And then the last one I want to talk about is one that I am super guilty of, but it's a double standard. So basically where you hold yourself to a higher standard than everyone else. I'm a high achiever. The perfectionists that are listening to this, the high achievers, they're going to probably laugh like, oh yeah, that's me. (laughs) And the best, I love the reframe for this one because the reframe to use for this one is to ask yourself, like, what advice or support would you give to a close friend or family member? The way that we talk to ourselves is never the way that we would talk to someone else, especially when we're struggling right. or going through a hard time. We're having those spiraling thoughts. We would be so much more compassionate and have so much more grace for other people in our lives than we do for ourselves. So encouraging ourselves to talk to ourselves the way that we would to someone else, I think is really helpful. But there's a lot more thinking errors. Uh, Again, those are probably like the most common ones, but ultimately what it comes down to is negative self-talk can first be challenged by just normalizing, again, the fact that everyone goes through this, even if they don't talk about it, and then just finding an alternative way to look at the situation through reframing or challenging that initial thought that you're finding um, unhelpful. Again, I wanted to just call out with like the intention piece. The nice part about setting an intention is that it allows you the opportunity to always choose a different course of action or a different direction. And there's so much compassion and grace there for setbacks and failures and even negative thinking. And because you're viewing it just from a more intentional lens, there's again, opportunity for reflection and learning. And I think those are the biggest, most powerful differences between a resolution and an intention. Even with negative self-talk, I think about mindfulness. And when Mm. you start your mindfulness practice, if you haven't, one of the things they recommend is just to be present with your thoughts, even if they are negative. And so I think it's really important to you know, recognize that negative self-talk. And that's kind of the beginning of how you can reframe or refocus those thoughts and then build upon that intention. So I really appreciate those, those four being brought up because I feel like I resonated with each of them. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) A lot of times with intentions and resolutions or just kind of building upon those goals, people need a little bit of help or accountability, and maybe they don't want to go to a close friend or family member. So tell me more about the human performance coaching within Be Well and how it can be supportive when someone's building that intention. Yeah, you bet. We offer confidential one-on-one coaching where you can meet with a coach over the phone who can really help you create a plan and next steps for any type of goal that you're working on, whether it's like, you know, a goal for the new year or a goal that you've had for a while, it doesn't matter. At a Duro 
we're really big fans of doing things in small steps so that we can build upon each of our successes and therefore create more confidence in our ability to achieve our goals. And it's, again, really easy to become overwhelmed, especially with something like a weight loss goal. So breaking it up into really small chunks can be a lot less stressful and a lot more realistic just knowing that we all have other responsibilities and priorities in our life outside of this goal that we want to achieve. And so the way that we coach is a lot more about harnessing your own thinking and motivation versus someone just telling you what to do. You you won't ever find us telling you what to eat or how many minutes to exercise. Of course, there are guidelines for that, but in general, people already know that information, but there's a barrier, there's something blocking them from doing it. And that's really where we come in as coaches to help you identify what's keeping you stuck and work out a solution with you to overcome barriers. So it's a very collaborative relationship where we really acknowledge that you are the expert on you. And sometimes you just need a little bit of guidance along the way. So that's one-on-one coaching. I also wanted to talk a little bit about group coaching opportunities for the new year, because I think those can be really supportive for people as well that may not have time to do one-on-one coaching or may be nervous about jumping into one-on-one coaching. But we also... Um, host workshops. So in the new year, we'll be hosting two of them. One's called Mapping Your Vision, and another is called Knowing Your Core Values. And these are 45-minute interactive workshops where we really engage members through the chat. It's a great way to start your new year out on the right foot with some self-reflection and also ensuring that you're creating these realistic intentions that align with what you value versus a resolution that doesn't resonate with you at all and is statistically likely to end in failure. Mapping your future will be all about goal setting and setting your intention and vision for the new year. So basically everything we talked about today and then knowing your core values will help you identify what your values are if you don't know them already so that you can make sure that you're setting intentions and goals that align with the things that you value. So two really awesome group coaching opportunities coming up too. And the group coaching and coaching in general, I feel like is underutilized. So I'd really encourage people to use that as a part of their Be Well suite of services that they have offered to them. You know, there's mini paths as well. Some of the human performance coaching programs that are six weeks long, there's really a lot to offer. And so When I think about intentions versus resolutions in this topic in general, the other thing I think about is that left-hand side of your Be Well platform where you can kind of set your vision for the year and you can change it throughout the year. And so I think when you do that and you answer your human performance assessment to really just see where you you are in this new year, it can really kind of give you that alignment for the future and what programs might be meaningful for you within the Be Well platform. At least something for everyone on the platform. Like if you're not interested in like one-on-one coaching or group coaching, There's paths that you can walk through that are self-guided on your own. They're video and scripted. So based on your learning style, like there's definitely something for everyone on the platform. Absolutely. And that's really the beauty of the, of the program is making sure that there's, there's a little bit of something for everyone. Well, Adelie, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Um, We appreciate your time. I hope everyone in the new year sets an intention, engages in some of these programs and really engages in that positive self-talk so that we can have an excellent 2023. 
So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning into the BeWell podcast. Remember, you can log into your BeWell account from home, work, or by using the Aduro app found on the Google Play Store or in the App Store. Visit bsmhbewell.com to access human performance coaching, well-being activities, virtual events, and the most up-to-date information on program requirements and deadlines. For questions and technical assistance, reach out to BeWell Support at 855 855- 376-6474 weekdays 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks and be well. The information presented in this podcast is strictly informational and not intended to be used for or interpreted as medical advice. Always consult your physician before making changes.